This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Apologies, Sean. You'd been hoping I was going to top this with uh, with Saints. First clean sheet in goodness knows how long. First victory in a, in a, in a long time as well, but... Do you mean you're not? Well, no, no, no. We'll get we'll get to them in a bit. I think Dundee United, <laughs> I think United, Jim would have been they would have been a a big topic of conversation even if they didn't have a game that followed deadline day because it's it's a window that you can you can you are now looking at the whole window and it's merged into what happened at Rugby Park, but. They are separate, but then they're they're obviously linked as well. We'll, we'll we'll try and get at both of them in the in the United chunk of, of the podcast. But first of all, if we look at the the window, Jim, I think there was a quote that Liam Fox said they would they would get out, they would end the window in better shape than than they started it. Or I can't remember the exact quote, but I think he was confident along those lines. I don't think we can say that they are, can we? Well, well, they're bottom of the league, um, so I, I think you know that. that in terms, came, that, in that, terms of the players that went yeah, out well, and the players no, that, that, that tells brought it, in, yeah, you that, know. that tells it. So, until I mean, this, the, the, there are a great many. I mean, it was, I was, you know, I read um, <clears throat> within Stalin Temple's uh, piece in the Courier on the kind of five lessons to take away if you want from from the rugby park fixture, and I, I suspect there are many more than uh, than that. But you know, w- w- there's a combination of issues. One. Um, a lot of people, a lot of United fans are obviously very unhappy at recruitment. Look, football fans are always unhappy at recruitment, you know. Um, you hear the stuff that your managers would like a, a, as big a squad as they could. So but fans. Fans love new faces coming in. Um, United have done nothing. I mean, plenty have gone out. They've sold, you know, Tony Watt, a striker, who in recent times, I've got to say, has, has, has kind of failed to impress um, in many respects, but he's gone out and he's gone to a rival, St. Martin, and he's, um, you know, and they've brought nothing in to, to replace him. And, and given that they already had a paucity of strikers anyhow, um, a lot of fans will, will view that with, with kind of, with bafflement and wonderment. Um, you know, they, they went to Rugby Park, poor performance. I mean, I only saw the highlights, so, you know, you're trying to measure with kind of five minutes on, on telly what uh, what took 90-odd minutes to And you're judging unfold. by, you know, Liam, Liam and Fox has admitted they let the fans down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it was a deserved result. I think we can we can for Kilmarnock that is. And, and yeah, well, that, that's right. I mean, you know, you you miss a penalty. You expect a, a player of Fletcher's quality and caliber to score from a penalty spot when the, when the pressure's under, uh, when the pressure's on, uh, and he didn't. Uh, they missed a couple of good uh, chances. I think it was Middleton um, later on. There was a couple of good chances that, that, that you know they went to begging later on. Um, so you know, all of those things conspired to go badly for them the night they lose. But the bottom line is uh, quite simple, uh, Eric. O- over the piece and getting away from no doubt things that we'll touch on about fan unrest and uh, and, and unhappiness with the sporting director and, and and the coach and all of these things, and indeed Mark Ogren now as well, the owner. The bottom line is quite simple. After twenty three games, they're sitting there bottom of the league, um, joint bottom if you want to be kind with Motherwell, but with the worst goal difference. So you know they've won five, they've drawn five, they've lost thirteen. That's the form of a of a, a team that are 
a, a bang, slap bang in the middle of a relegation battle. They have been for weeks and weeks and weeks, we know that, but a slap bang in the middle. Now, the key thing is this. You can still add to the squad. You know, there'll be free agents about whose who's, who's bargaining when, value will when, allow have gone when was up. The last time one of, when was the last time one of them came up trumps for anything? Yeah, well, let's I, face I, it. You know. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and I've got to be honest, I mean, I, I'm a bit, you know, unless you're Chelsea and you can spend, you know, 600 million quid in the tra- I think the January uh, transfer window is a bummer anyhow. You know, you're buying somebody else's problem. You're buying somebody's injury worries. You're buying somebody that hasn't had it off elsewhere, doesn't get on with their manager. A whole a whole load of things, you know, whose mentality isn't right, who's fallen out of love with the club. There are all of these things. So I think the January window is garbage. Um, but that said, you know, if you've got decent recruitment and you you see quite early on in the season you've got problems, it's the next obvious opportunity, well, the only obvious opportunity to strengthen, to either push for the top six uh, or to make sure that you you know the, the, you're not going to get sucked into a relegation battle. Now that that's what um, United fans will be complaining about. That, that you know that, that you know what's gone out. Various players have gone out over the piece, um, and, and literally you know only one player has come in. I think a 19 year old from uh, from Mark Fotheringham's Huddersfield. You know who I think has played about. Is it has he played any first team football? I don't know, but he's a 19 year old defender. Um, so, you know, you can understand why United fans will be dis- disenchanted and discontented at the lack of the, the lack of signing. So have they emerged better than they were going into the window? Well, absolutely not. There's, there's no doubt about that. There are wider questions, but I'm, I'm, I'll let you ask those. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'll try I'll, and answer them. Yeah, you've, you've passed that one nicely. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll move on to Sean with the, uh, with the, the, the tougher ones, shall we say. Listen, no, it's kidding. not, no. I mean, I think we can all we can all agree it's been a bad window. Um, but what what none of us know is, I mean, I don't know how big you can make the banners. What none of us know is is why it was a bad window because we all know that uh, United have got will be getting a big chunk of money from the Harry Suter sell on clause. But what we don't know is we don't know if Mark Ogren said like. <laughs> Hold on a minute! You're not getting to spend any of this. I'm, I've lost a fortune. I'm getting some of my money back. So, so we don't know what the situation is in terms of what the budget that Tony Ashgar's got. Um, it's all that's that's guesswork, isn't it? So we don't know if he was left. And we don't know if Mark Ogren said, "Oh no, no, no! This this Harry Suter deal could could collapse." So you just don't know the parameters that he's that. Tony Ashgar's operating in on deadline day, but we we do clearly know that this hasn't been a good window in terms of. I don't think I think they're still paying the price of the previous January. I didn't. I wasn't one that thought the Tony Watt signing was a was a good idea on on those wages at that time. The whole and and I think they're still they're paying the price for that. And you know, there's there's if. You know, every window has a knock-on effect, and you know they're in a bit of a. They've not recovered their equilibrium since then, I don't think. But it's it is a big, big worry when you look at the squad. I mean, I looked at the bench there. I it's. I'll 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 caveat the caveat is I've just come back from watching St Johnson play Motherwell, and Motherwell were terrible. So I, I still think you know United will finish above them, but they're. As a whole, they're not they're not in a good position in terms of that squad, are they? But we we don't know we don't know the big reasons why, do we, Sean? Um, no, no. Uh, I think in, in terms of explaining 
why the squad looks the way it does and, and, and the structure of it and what have you. I mean, there's there's a, a guy like Liam Fox, for instance, could, could give you an insight into it. Um, but I, I think he would be reluctant to give you too much of an insight into it because because at United, with the structure of the club, there are obviously other people involved in that decision-making process. And, the head coaches and speak to their people. remits, don't they? Yes, Which is fine. exactly. You know, Tom Courts did very and, similar, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. So there, there are other people involved in that process, and actually, people with, with a, a, a lot more sway within, with within the, the the financial side of the football club, if you like. So, I mean, Tony Askar, obviously, is who we're talking about here. So, um, I think if you if you want an, an absolute insight into the into the makeup of the squad and, and and the strategy of it and what they're building towards, how they've got to where they are from where they've been, then then Tony Askar is, is the man for that job. Um, and I think last night uh, we've obviously got a situation where where supporters have have expressed some unhappiness now, um, and, and Tony Asker was was specifically mentioned um, as the target of some of that dissatisfaction. There, there was uh, a, a photograph that that I've seen. I wasn't at the match, but you know the the the, fo- the photography agency that we use that provides pictures from matches to to all. Pretty much all. Some of some of the, I think the Sun still staff have staff photographers around in and around Glasgow. For some matches, they will use their staff photographers, but for most matches, the national media use SNS, this agency, to get their photos of matches, and we're no different. So we do. So the SNS photographer had a shot of, of this Ascar out banner that was in the uh, away end at Kilmarnock last night, and then beyond that, I think as the game went on, there were also some some chants aimed at Tony. Um, you know, specifically along the lines of "away you go," well, let's paraphrase <laughs> rather than uh, be be specific about them. Um, so that clearly has has been something that that's been a factor in the match, and and obviously Alan Temple, who was our our reporter there, has clearly picked up on that. And and I think as the as 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 a as a local title, if you like, for Dundee United, I think it's 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 part of our job at these in these scenarios to to report on that stuff, and we did do. Um, so I, I think the situation with 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 Tony at the moment is that the supporters have uh, have 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 got to a point where he has suddenly become this sort of figurehead for for any dissatisfaction that they're feeling. And as you say, we're off the the context of it is we're off the back of a transfer window where where supporters, I think, look at the look at the ins and outs and look at the squad makeup and think, hang on, that wasn't good. At this point, I think the the concerns that supporters have are are, are clearly around the makeup of the squad uh, and and how that leaves them heading into a really crucial part of the season. And I think you know it, it's it's fair enough to say that that if supporters want answers to those questions about the makeup of the squad then as i said before Liam Fox can only answer so many of them um so it, it becomes incumbent on on Tony i think to to either stand up and say right okay well you've got questions about the squad and here i am i'll answer them uh, and he could do that through a number of of ways you know he could do it an in-house interview if he wanted to he could he could speak to the media at large if he wanted to um, or he could he could say you know what no no I'm 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 in the middle of something quite intense here I don't think it's the right time to speak I'm not going to say anything. not easy Jim to put genies back in bottles is it 
no, where do you start with this one? You know, I mean, I've, you know, I mean, those of us who have kind of covered the Scottish football for a long time have have seen this. Not just at United, we've seen it at many clubs. You know, there are one or two clubs that, by and large, haven't had it quite as badly. But um, there's always, you know, there's been. I mean, I saw some United fans the other night saying, and I actually mentioned this in Twitter myself. I'm sensing a disconnect, but that disconnect was there when Stephen Thompson was there. You know, um, now Thompson got it in the neck. But I mean, some of the stuff that Stephen Thompson was subjected, and I'm no fan, you know, me and him, we, we haven't spoken for a long time, you know, I mean, I did a bit of consultancy, in my view, he wouldn't listen to a thing I said, but that, you know, that, that was his entitlement, he owned the club. Now, the problem is, at the moment, is this coming from a small section of supporters who will never be happy, um, or, is it, or is it eating now into the wider support? You know, it's the oldest story in the world, results are everything in football, three, four, five good results, United climb to, you know, ninth or tenth in the table, this stuff kind of tends to go away, um, but but there's a politics in football, some of it is, you know, bluntly, some of it is driven by daft people who are just never happy, some of it is driven by people with genuine concern as, as to what's going on. I, I'm quite intrigued that the, the 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 main fans group, the federation, the foundation, the federation in particular, gave Stephen Thompson a really really hard time of it. They've all been silent on this. I haven't seen any on a, any critique from them. So you know, are they on board? Are they happy? Because they're the organised representative fans groups. You know, they have people on the uh, on the board that meet with, uh, with United and all the rest of it. You know, so um, the, the the bottom line is simple here, and this shouldn't be taken as any kind of pee on a praise for either the support. Or the uh, or uh, the people who are running the club. Dundee United remain as they always have been, a private football club. Mark Ogren's in the states. He puts uh, his faith in Tony uh, Asgar and the board to run the club as they see fit, presumably with input from him. My suspicion say, it can be no more, can be no more yeah, than that. My suspicion on, is that Ogren has looked at this and thought. For the moment, I'm putting no more money in. I mean, any, any, anyone who watches my Twitter feed or, or, or I think I've mentioned in this column was uh, just, you know, uh, for my sins, I met him not that long ago at Mass uh, and I should have checked to see if he was putting money in the plate because he certainly put plenty into Dundee United. <laughs> Whether he's put it in wisely or not is another thing entirely. If he hasn't put you it in You never know wisely, how much is in an envelope, Jim. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I was skint that day, I put nothing in. But the, the, like the bottom line is quite simple. I mean, against each other. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the bottom line is quite simple. This is a private football club. If fans aren't happy, they have one way uh, or two ways of showing it. One, they, they protest and they, they complain with banners and shouting and bawling and all the rest of it. The other thing is they, they don't turn up. But given that most of them have bought their season books, that doesn't make any kind of great impact. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, the, I mean, we're can all I trying put, to read Jim, bet- Jim can, can I put something to you just because a thought came into my head there when you were speaking about it? And obviously the ire is all at, at Tony Ashkar. If somebody was going to to speak, and you know, Sean eloquently outlined, you know, the the different options that they have and the reasons for, and they might, you know, there's plenty of times in these situations when, yeah, people say nothing. Should it be Mark Ogren rather than Tony Ashkar? Because if you're wanting a broader explanation of direction of travel for the club. Should it be Ogren rather than Ashgar? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, the bottom line is when push comes to shove, <clears throat> the only man you can get the absolute answers from 
is the owner of the club. I think he and his son are the uh, are, are the guys who who own the club. But you know, he he'd be the the the, you know, the the major. He's the major guy. He's the guy that owns the football club, and he puts um, his faith in his sporting director to to run it. I've seen all the stuff about Tony. We know Tony, and I've seen you know, and, and some of it will be valid criticism, but some of it is completely defamatory. And that's the one thing I've got no time for. You know, cheap cheap nasty shots at people. If people want to call the guy out on on his recruitment and all the rest, of it, that's fine. That's okay. There's no any problem with that. So when they start calling it, I mean, I've seen all this stuff about he's making money at the club and all the rest of it. You know, I've seen people calling for the, you know, bring Craig Levine back. Craig did very well at the club. Most people who've done well at the club have done well at the club. These are the realities, you know. I mean, Mark Ogren, I think, now probably has to step up to the plate and give some answers as to whether he continues to invest in the club. What is? I mean, I asked him that day, you in for the short or the medium term? And he went, what is the short to medium term? And he didn't really give me much of an answer, you know. Um, now, you know, he owns the club now maybe, you know, three and a bit year down, four year down the line. He's, he's starting to question why he owns the club. Can he continue to fund the club? We don't know what Mark Ogren's personal wealth is. We know that there's, you know, American ownership is, is starting to worry some people when you see what's happening at Hibs. Dave Cormack isn't an American, but he's been in the States for 20 odd years. Aberdonian come back with a lot of ideas to import from the States. Doesn't work. Maybe Mark Ogren is, is finding the same at Dundee United. He's put money in and actually whatever he thought he might get out of the club um, is not transpiring. So there's a whole load of things here. It would be good if there was a clear-the-air meeting, but that clear-the-air meeting has to be conducted in some semblance of, of with some semblance of dignity. Uh, and I have to say, with some experience of this, that's a very difficult thing to do with with, with certain elements of, of, of any fans group um, because it's passion which which, uh, which rules the day when you come to these things and, and not common sense, you know. Um, so I think Ogren probably is the man now and you can you can sense that on social media and all the rest that, that there's a wee turn towards uh, looking at what Og- Mark Ogren's um, strategy is, what his plans are, just what it's all about. And, and I think probably somewhere along the line, he's going to have to answer that, assuming that United don't suddenly turn the corner. Because four or five results, all of this goes away. But I have to say, looking at that squad, um, looking at what's going on, the quality of player they've got, the lack of heart, I think, that's been shown, I don't see any danger of that happening. Yeah, just just to finish off the, the off-the-pitch stuff, Sean, there, there are a lot of maybes and, and gaps that that exist, you know, when there's vacuums, people people fill it obviously with their uh, their own theories and and opinions. But what we can say is that the direction of travel, in terms of outlay, spend, call it what you like, in the space of one January window to another, has changed dramatically. Because you know we we're talking about basically the you know the shelling a fortune out to get to get Tony. Tony Watt and wages and all the rest of it and it was it, the feeling was of a club that was certainly flexing its muscles compared to say a Motherwell and it was you know this was this was a club that was loof, looking and feeling very much like not just a not just a top six club but you know a sort of top four type type club now it, it feels anything anything but this January does it yeah uh, yeah, uh, the situation last last January wasn't quite the same, was it? Uh, you know, I think they were, you know, they weren't they weren't in the position in the league that they are now, um, and they were they were kind of aiming higher, if you like. And uh, now it was it was touch and go at times because the league was quite tight at various points and what have you. It was it, it was the potential was there to be sucked back into it, but I think you know, for the most part, were when when after they'd got a win, they were looking up, if you know what I mean. So. 
um, they ultimately did end up in a situation where, you know, they were um, uh, in Europe at the end of it. Uh, and at, at that point, you can look at the previous January and say it's a flexing of the muscles uh, with, you know, if, 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 if the intention of flexing those muscles then or the way it was sold to, to the person who's got the money is, look, we do this now. We could be in Europe at the end of the season and then, you know, there's this X, Y and Z possibilities in terms of what we earn. You know, if, let's say we get through a couple of qualifying rounds or, you know, even get into the groups, for instance, this is what's on offer to us. So, uh, you know, if you're, wondering, if you're trying to get, if you're trying to get um, a spend authorised, then that's how you do it. Um, so this, this time around, it's obviously very, very different. They're right down the bottom of the league. Uh, and you're not looking at Europe uh, being sensible, so you can't you can't offer that same sort of. Oh well, if we if we push the boat out here, then this is what could come back to us in the future. That that's not there. So what's coming back is less. So what's going to go out is going to be less. You know, if you're if you're running the club like that, so uh, under the circumstances, it kind of makes sense. But yes, it is marked how different that is. Um, because obviously, by by sending Tony Watt to to St Mirren, you're you're getting a percentage of his wage off the bill, um, and then what's come in clearly, as we've already discussed, it's been a sort of young, a nineteen year old player from from Huddersfield, and you know you you give him some game time and and help develop him for Huddersfield if you like. So that's a very different sort of signing, uh, and its purpose. Um, so yeah, the, the I mean that's 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 these are why people ask questions at times like these, obviously. But I mean, I think you can say, look, the, the situation now is very very different to how it was last January. So I mean, that that could account for for less money being spent uh, because there's there's less potentially coming back uh, from a successful outcome here. A successful outcome from where they are now is, you know, staying in the league. Well, they, um, they are about to pick up probably the best part of two and a quarter million pounds. But that was something that the old chairman. Well, exactly. Put in, you know. well, but that, so, but that came that yeah. came very very last minute yeah, as but, well but, in, the, in the window. But that's right. I mean, that that would have been a calculated gamble. I mean, I think any you know, look, football's a global village. The thing, the thing I would sorry, sorry, Jim, but what I know that Sean's saying it's it's come late, but it not late enough that if Mark Mark Ogren had been inclined to let Tony Ogram say, "There you go, go and spend two hundred grand." I I don't know. I I think I think there was there was there was enough dubiety later on in the evening with with Harry Suter because the BBC had said quite early in the day they'd gone and said, "Oh, this is this is a done deal. This is going to happen." Right, but what happens on the last day of these transfers? Players go for medicals and what have you. So I think as long as long as there's if you're if you're being properly um, kind of. If you're playing everything to the letter and you're not going to risk anything, you're you're keeping it all safe. Then I I think that as long as there's any dubiety over whether Harry Suter's sale to Leicester goes ahead, I think you'd be you'd, the sensible course of action is to say, well, until we know this is absolutely certain that we're getting this money, I'm not spending a penny of it. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, I would, I think, well, you go yeah. back to you go back to Ali McCann, aren't you? And it depends when who knows what and when they know it. You know. But look, I mean, the the, the bottom line is, uh, I, I think now quite simple. I mean, um, think things have turned, you know, have, have turned for United. I mean, you know, um, they were going very very well for a while. People seem very very happy with uh, with Mark Ogren's, um ownership. He's put a lot of money in the club for a wee while. Look great in Europe and all the rest of it. I, you know, they've now been through what Mickey Mellon, Tom Courts, um, Jack Ross. This is uh, Liam Fox. Uh, now you know they're into kind of you know a succession of kind of uh, coaches. If I missed one out there, I might have. You know, um, uh, you know. I mean, we, you know, we, the, the, things were going well. Now they're not. Um, 
foot, foot, you know, football, unless you're kind of, you know, one of the very, very top clubs, and even there, you know, you get problems with it. I mean, you know, it, it's not a, it's, it's not a, an ongoing escalator up in terms of success. You will have your, your fallow periods as well. But I think a lot of things seem to have gone off track. I mean, you know, the business model at United had, and a one that, that it's, it's, you know, nothing new, bring rear your own players through academies or whatever, or spot dimes in the rough, bring them in, sell them on. Um, that was all very well, in the hope that A, for, you know, you get maybe 40, 50, 60 games at the young talent, then you sell them on to profit. A couple of things have happened. Uh, all of a sudden, that, that kind of pathway for the, the kids seems to have dried up because we're getting very few of them coming into the first team. Um, I, I watched the under-18s last midweek. Didn't see anything startling. Didn't see any kind of Christian Dillies or Billy McKinley's emerging. Um, and, and the other thing is this, you know, you, you maybe get a Harry Suter once in a blue moon uh, for a sell-on, but that takes a good few years to to kick on. So when you're, you know, when kids are leaving you, you're not actually not making a lot of money and bringing them through. All you're doing is washing your face to some extent with the academy uh, system. Because we hear about kids going for X, Y, Z, but so much of that is with add-ons and, you know, if they play so many games at their new club or if they get an international cap or all of these things. There are so many aspects to that. You know, so it costs a lot of money to run a club like Dundee United with the ambitions they've got. We don't know exactly the wages. We're like everybody else. We hear tales. Some of them make your eyebrows kind of, uh, you know, go up, your eyes water. Some of the wage bill um, figures that we hear, whether they're true or not, we don't know. Um, so for the moment, you know, I, I think the best thing that can happen here is, is that Mark Hogan gives some kind of, uh, you know, explanation. I think he's due over. He said to me he's due over again early part of the year. So he's probably he's probably due over again uh, soon-ish, you know, and it might well be that he feels it necessary to explain to the fans what's going on, what's happening, what, are, what his plans are and all the rest of it. The fear, and you've got to watch that you're not, I mean, you can only speculate here. The fear is, if he has lost interest, where would the club go from here? If he's lost interest to the extent that he doesn't want to put any more in, he's not prepared to put any more in, where does the club go uh, from here? Because he's already put about 10, 11 million quid in, maybe more. Um, I'm not an accountant, um, so... You know, I'm speaking that would be else. Get yourself, get yourself, back, to, get yourself yeah. back to church and find out when he's flying yeah, over to him. Okay, <laughs> he's, right, he, right. he's put a lot of dough in. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, as we said recently with Jeff, I mean, there's Jeff Brown's shares been up for a wee while. And they're a very successful, well, a very successful financially and all the rest of it. Money in the bank. Um, has there been anybody nibbling there so far? So, you know, are there any buyers out there for Dundee United? I doubt it. Right, okay. I think we'll, we'll move on from United just now, Sean. We'll, we'll be back on... On Liam Fox and and the team in the next podcast, but obviously it was all there was a lot of off the field stuff to to cover, which which blurred into the on field stuff as well. So right onto the other game last night, you can you can perk up a wee bit now. Saints, I would say that's probably yes they beat they beat Rangers, which is the which will remain the standout result of the season unless they beat Celtic on Sunday, of course. But I think that'll probably be the the high point in terms of the op- the opponent they've beaten, and I've just said I think Motherwell are, are are a poor team, not in a poor team in terms of them having given up or chucked it for the manager or the rest of it. They just kind of they just feel a bit of a a team that's got a bit you know that kind of knows the trajectory that they're on. But in terms of Saints, I think that's that is that was the ninety minute performance that managers always talk about. They got goals at the right time. They, he, listen, he took a big, he took a big gamble in terms of, in terms of the the fan base, you know, by flipping. Well, just in terms of the the performance to flip back as he used it, 
this the words Callum used to flip back to the to the three at the back from from a four that had worked you know very well in the previous two games in terms of restoring sort of solidity and just being a you know looking more like a, a St Johnson team. So he goes back to the three and they dominate from from start to finish and it it, it looked like a it looked like a proper team against Sean. Uh-huh. Well, the, the risk is a huge thing because I mean by 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 shifting back to. Well, you, you might say a three or you might say a five uh, at the back. Definitely a three this right, time. Definitely a three this time. Well, yeah, well, yeah so the, uh, circumstantially, yeah. obviously that impacts how it looks because if, you're, if you've got more of the ball and you're going forward more, then yes, it's a three and you get the two extra men in midfield and you, and you look like more of a side with, with bodies in the right place, if you like, in terms of being an attacking outfit. But, but for a lot, a lot of the spells of the three, it looks more like a five and it's been very difficult to get out of and I think that's been the big criticism. So, But by going back to that system, He's basically, he's handed the supporters a big stick and says, right, if we lose this game, you can beat me with this. That's essentially what he's done. He's, he's, but it has obviously worked. Um, so, the, yes, it's a huge risk and it's one that has paid off under the circumstances. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to single out somebody. I know a manager would be averse to singling out individuals and uh, at various points and or after games in a season. But I think over the last little spell, including when the system's been different, the, the guy who's really come in and, and stood out like by miles is, is Dan Phillips, isn't it? I just yeah. think he's... Um, it's like he's, McPherson's he's, not far behind him, but... Oh, no, yeah, no, I, no, I mean, that's true. And I actually said, going back to the Aberdeen game up at Petodri, he came uh, he came on uh, and was I thought he was decent in that game. Uh, no, I actually know I'm wrong. He started that match. And uh, it was a big deal for him because he hadn't started one in ages. So I, I, I remember saying in my match report that, that I thought he was very... I think I might give him man of the match uh, in that game and there was somebody I can't remember who it was but after a supporter on Twitter I said I'm really surprised by that he didn't look good to me in that game I thought I, I thought he was showing little glimpses of, of, of what you would want him to do in midfield especially in terms of like trying to get the game moving in the right direction and alright all the, the options weren't always there for him but I, I, I liked what I saw of him and I do think that he you're right to say he's, he's come on in a game as well but Phillips is the one for me that just like he looks like a, class act, yeah. a wee a wee level above um, and actually I can go back to the to the game at Ibrox where I was watching bits of that and, and the, the way he sort of took the ball he was like the fulcrum if you like because you know, in the first half I mean towards the end of it he actually had a reasonable amount of possession <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, he was um, he was taking the ball and recycling it and getting it back and moving it on again and he, he wasn't giving the ball away and he was good when he was under pressure he was strong when somebody was right on top of him he kept I, th- I just think he looked great and and he's been he's been the one addition over this little last spell that I think has has looked transformative, if you like. So I'm I'm really really impressed with him. Um, and then <laughs> the question becomes, where the hell has he been? Well, I mean, he did. He has had niggling, and I mean, you could see when he when he started when he started off, he was. Uh, you could see the talent from the, the very first time he played at Ibrox, and then at Tynecastle when he had a really tough tough afternoon. It was a case of you could. See, you could absolutely see what he was wanting to do, but he was just that yard short. So ever so he was making fouls. He was given, you know, it was just it just wasn't it just wasn't quite there. But you, you know yourself, you see a player and you think, oh, this guy's this guy's got a lot of what he, what you need. He's just got it. And then of course he gets he struck. I think it was was it thigh. I can't remember the injury that he had. So it it it, it basically affected him all the way through to the to the international the international break the, the World Cup break. And then he came in at Roscoe. And listen, I'm not. 
I've said that at the time. Callum Davison lost his way with the teams he was picking. He, you know, I, I wish, I bet you, he wishes he could go back and pick different teams for for Hearts, Dundee United, and Livingston. You know, maybe Aberdeen as well. Throw that one in the mix. There you go. So that that was a. But now, yes, Cammy McPherson and Dan Phillips are proper assets, and they they're making they're making any system work because you you know me. I mean, we'll go. I put players playing well and you know just good players make systems work don't they and these two in the middle of the pitch they just make sure there's no big gaps open up and it's that simple it'd be the same with a four at the back it'd be the same with a three at the back all of a sudden you've got two young hungry midfielders who can pass a ball as well and they can do a bit of everything and they're 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 you know they're covering the ground. They're they're making they're making the team tick better, and it's the Saints are all the better for it. Yeah, well, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm obviously we got Celtic next, so this is I mean sort of the it feels like the last the last game of a sort Get out of, of the way <laughs> a challenging a kind of a challenging little run that they've been on, and, and and Motherwell was obviously in the middle of that. So it's it's doubly important that they got that win last night, which it's, I mean there was pressure on that. So so fair play to them for playing the way they played because Celtic I mean that, that's one that you look at and this is just how it is you instantly kind of go well we're not expecting Next. anything <laughs> if we get something it'll be great so we're on to United after that you know it opens up a little bit but this is this has been a, a challenging sort of run so if they can you know they get into a position in the last few games where they, they haven't they didn't get anything from them but they looked they looked a, a more a, a more kind of a, a, a promising side if you like and then they've changed the system back, which was the big risk. And then they've gone in, out again and looked and looked very good. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens against <laughs> Celtic and then against United because it, what is this? Is this the is this the dawning of a horses for courses, Callum Davidson? Is he is he going to be more chopping and changing in like terms of his system will. depending on yeah. who the opponent is and who he's got available to him and such like? Because I think a, a, a lot of the a lot of the, the criticism in the past has been for the fact that regardless of opponent and regardless of who's fit. It's always been the same, and and that that is that is I, I don't I, I think that was not the correct thing to do. Um, now that's my opinion. So we'll see what happens next. Uh, but it's it's a uh, it's a fantastic uh, a fantastic result with Motherwell. You seen Phillips in the fl- in the flesh yet, Jim? Uh, no, but um, unlike a lot of other people, I've seen him on uh, you know highlights, and I'm impressed with him and McPherson in terms of kind of. The energy and the drive that they, they they bring to that midfield, Eric. I think you know. I, I mean, we're talking there about systems. I mean, you know, I think I, I'm a big believer in the horses for course, courses uh, uh, approach. You know, depending on who your opponents are. But I'm also I also kind of tend to think that we can overdo the whole tactical thing, whether it's three or four at the back. I think ultimately uh, in football, attitude, application, and, and I think and you desire. can underdo it as well. Jim. You can underdo it. No, no I, I agree with that, Sean. But I think applic- application and attitude and desire are, are, are really, really important. And Saints have been in a bad run. Some of those games, you know, uh, against Celtic Rangers and Hearts, com- coming close, and you know, but when you're on a bad result, was, was, you know, you're kind of you've got six defeated, the heads go down, and all the rest of it. Uh, and it's, it can be difficult for a manager and coaching staff to lift them. But there's a huge amount of. Um, um, 
you know, pressure on the players as well to lift themselves. Um, and I think similarly, when you're handed maybe a task that you don't particularly enjoy, you feel you're kind of out of position or not quite in the position that you should be in. You're a professional football player, professional athlete. You've got to deal with it and, 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 and make sure you give the best possible account of yourself. And I think all of a sudden last night, I mean, you know, two goals were very tidy last night. Uh, and, and, you know, the last couple of performances, undoubtedly, Phillips and McPherson have added to the midfield. Nicky Clark, I still think, is a, you know, I mean, you know, there's night. a question for United. You know, just I was asking Paul McMullen's old man, oh, again, why, did United, why did United let him go? You know, McMullen could still do a job for United and so could Nicky Clark. You know, they're, they're all the kind of things that you you wonder about in football. But that's what people are paid to make decisions for and they stand or fall by them. Now, at the moment, um, you know, the Saints boss has kept his head down. He's just cracked on. I'm sure there's times he, he's felt like, uh, you know, kind of just locking himself in a darkened room. But I thought um, generally from what I saw last night, uh, and there's certainly indications that Saints have, um, have have turned the corner. But, you know, get, getting consistency in, in football is the holy grail. You know, you, you need to be able to t- turn it, you know, to turn that kind of performance out more often than you don't. And, and, and that's the key. But for the moment, that result last night, um, I, I think was a big one uh, for St. Johnson because it's just kind of lifted them to, um, you know, not, not a position of safety, um, yeah, yeah, but, you know, a, a very, a very handsome position. You know? like that. That's right, it's pulled them away, you know. Say. But psychologically, well, I mean, they they understandably downplayed it. You know, it's it's another game, but every knew this was a, you know, when you're looking at what's coming after it, all of a sudden you're in you're into the territory of equaling last season's catastrophic run and and all the the pressure that heaps on you. So no, it, let's let's not get us. Well, we're they're closer to the top six now than they are at the bottom, Eric, and that's well, like, yes, you know, I mean, only four points. Ironically, I think they've got yeah. a better chance. Of, I think they've got a better chance of catching and and overhauling. Hips and Aberdeen that they do St. Martin and Livingston, but there you go. That's maybe a, another debate for somebody else's podcast. But, John, just the last bit on Saints. The transfer window, I, I mean, it's kind of played out how I expected. I didn't expect, well, I didn't expect many ends because I think they're pretty strong in most positions. The Ryan McGowan injuries maybe was maybe something that, that they, they did look to get somebody in in his position whether that whether they do they look for those uh those free agents just for a bit extra cover remains to be seen probably probably not after after what we've just seen at, at fur park and the fact that saints aren't in the cup you know there's, there's not really that many games you know there's not a huge amount of games so you'd have to have if you're picking up a free agent you're thinking well has he, has he played much all the rest of it but they got zach rudden in and What's your what's your thought? It's not the it's not the most significant signing because unless they weren't going to go out and go for you know a a number one striker, he's he's coming in as third choice striker probably, isn't he? Ahead of ahead of Theo Bear, so yeah, so that that's where they are. It's a it's a wee bit of a gam. You never know. You never know. I've not seen enough of him to. To, I know that Dundee fans didn't seem to be too gutted for him for him to be going, but Callum Davison clearly saw something in him last year and and is stuck by that. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not I'm not excited particularly by it. I don't expect we'll see a great deal of him. Um, just going by Nicky Clark and Stevie know, May previous pre- pre- yeah. previous signings. Uh, you know, uh, we haven't seen a lot of them. I don't think we'll see a lot of Zach Rudden unless there's a an unforeseen disaster or uh, he somehow comes off the bench and scores a hat-trick and keeps his place. But I, I, I'm not really seeing that happening either. Uh, so, all right, fine. Uh, that's, he, he's there. We'll see. Jury's very much out. But 
uh, I, don't have, I don't have wild expectations for it, put it that way. Right, Zach Rodden, seamlessly shifting into Dundee. Jim, I think this is the most positive Dundee fans have felt about a window for a, for a good while. It feels as if combined, we were talking about United and the, the result combining with the window for Dundee, that result against Queen's Park combined with getting a few attackers in the, in the door and Zach Robinson coming back is the one that they're all they're all uh, happiest about, probably. They, we will see how it plays out because there's two or three of them we don't really know that much about. But I think Dundee, Dundee needed to, to have a good window just to, to sort of take, for me, to take the element of doubt in this title race, title race away. And I, I, I'm, back, I'm back to thinking they're going to win it by you know, seven or eight points rather than it going to the last game. Is that is that your feel? Well, I mean, I think they've, they've been, but I mean, I had a good blather with um, Gary Boyer after the game on Saturday at Dens, and um, he was hopeful then again a couple in. I mean, I, I think it is it, three now. I think he's he's brought in to add to that. I mean, I, I have to say, I thought that um, Saturday's performance, you know, the three 0 one, not just the goals, you know, a, a spread from Williamson, Jakubiak, who who kind of looked um, absolutely refreshed, and Sweeney as well. I, I thought the second half performance. Um, w- was excellent. I mean, there was a real energy, a drive, a buzz, a real pace um, a- a- about them that I thought was was you know quite remarkable. I mean, Queen's Park, well, Queen's Park going top of the league again. They're they're a decent side, and Sai Murray leads um, well, led the line well, you know. Um, but I mean, there was just there was lots about that Dundee performance in terms of kind of the drive, the energy, the commitment that they showed. Um, that I thought was really good, and you know, quite a strong bench to bring on. You could be at Williamson, Sheridan, all came on, so they're clamping at one stages. And there was a real kind of you know, you can overdo this because fans are up one minute, they're down the next. But it was pretty much close to five thousand, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Queens had a couple of hundred, them, but there was a real, just a, a a really good atmosphere right through. The fans were very supportive. There was a lot of noise at Dens. I think you know that fed you know the performance of the players was lifted by the fans. I think the fans were lifted by the performance of the players. And you just kind of sensed that maybe it was all starting to come together um, for them. It was a really, really good performance. It was full of, you know, as I say, drive, energy, passion, attitude, the whole bit. Everything stacked up on the day. I was sitting having a blather with Paul McMullen's old man, who was, you know, just along from from us in the the press box, you know. And I mean, he missed. I said, that's the worst penalty I'd ever seen McMullen take in my life. He said, no, I've I've actually seen him taking worse than that. I mean, you know, but but McMullen in the second half. I think Paul McMullen can do. I would never have had him down. As a penalty. No, no, that, that's right. It's not. It's <laughs> not his particular forty. But I mean, you know, there were times when there are times when he, when he, you know, he, he gets ahead done and takes a couple of men on. That he's a very impressive looking character uh, uh, indeed. You know, he's got that wee turn of pace, that nip, and as he drops his shoulder. But all round, it, it was just that you know, it was a performance. I think that that would certainly lift. Um, uh, well, certainly did lift on defence. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, I mean, you you kind of sensed it at the. Uh, at Dens, it was just there was a real kind of there was a real energy about the whole thing, the performance, the the support, the whole bit, and and he's I mean I think he's done um, he, he's done well I think in terms of, I mean he, he, you know there's a few gone out but frankly the few that have gone out Naomi again and people like that Grayson and company you know Zach Rodden I don't know how Zach will do I thought when Dundee signed him it would be a very I'd seen him a couple of times live and thought he was a decent player but just you know didn't work out at all but I mean I think um, 
it's been a busy been a busy period. Goodness knows what Luke Han and, and, and the Lauren Tollage will like, but Zach Robinson, I think, is the biggie. You know, um, that that was a blow. He was a top scorer. Went back to Wimbledon. Um, they've got him back. Um, he was a fan's favourite. He seemed to enjoy being at Dens, and I think it might just be the kind of the lift that um, that Dundee need now to go and and push on. And um, what you know, I'm not quite as confident as you, Eric, that they'll win the the league by eight points. You know, but I mean, I think that, that to to some extent now, I mean, they're sitting in a handsome position. They're only a couple of points off Queens Park and top with a game in hand. I think the key thing is they've got a stronger squad, I suspect, than than Air or Queens Park. Um, you know. Patrick Thistle are still in there with a sniff, but you know they're now in fourth, five ah. points behind. Game more played, so I think you're you're looking you're looking at a top three dogfight between Queens Park here and Dundee, and I think that Dundee have got the squad now, the depth uh, depth of squad. Because I mean, Boyer said that to me, and I said, I mean, you know, you, your squad looks actually you know relatively strong, but and you know then that was before the the three signs. He said, oh no, no, if you actually look at it, you know he he obviously wasn't a happy managers never have in terms of depth of squad, but I think now. Yeah, it looks to me with the, the you know the transfer activity um, that they have the strongest squad in in the league, and that should that should pay dividends. I think. I mean, I, I, they are my favourites to to win the league. As I say, not necessarily by seven or eight points, but I think they'll win the league. They better not lose at Hamilton, though, eh, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hamilton's had a wee. Uh, they they sort themselves out a wee bit, but it's uh, mm-hmm. no. I think. Hamilton almost a drift, doesn't he? Bottom of the league. You you equally confident about Dundee, Sean? No, 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 absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Again, over the over the the last year, I've I've had no I've had no reason to be confident. (laughs) uh, It's been because you know we've seen this before. You know they'll they'll win a couple of games and then they'll they'll fall away again. So you know if it's if it's uh, one swallow does not a spring make, I believe is the same, but. Listen, listen. I'm, I'm I'm hopeful rather than uh, believing. Uh, put it that way, because I think we said before that for you know for selfish professional reasons, we want Dundee in the in the Premiership. You know, I I certainly do, um, and th- that's where they should be. Uh, and at the moment, they're they're not there. So I would I would love to see them to absolutely put the foot down from this point forward and, and, and end up winning it by, you know, a, a healthy margin, uh, as you said. Um, Dundee Darby in the playoffs the with paper, Sean. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Imagine that. Do you know what? I think that's one we could do without, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah, but no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. And, and that win, you know, beating Queen's Park, uh, who've been on that incredible? We've we've talked about it before. But this that real, real hot streak where they kind of looked like, oh well, this is this. They look like the team that's kind of singling themselves out here finally at this point, because um, it was an incredible winning run that they were on. So for for Dundee to kind of you know take them apart like that, it's, it bodes very well. Uh, it, it's coming at a really good time for them. As you say, the window's just been and gone, and they've added some. People and getting Zach Robinson back is enormous for them, so I, I, they're certainly in a in a in a, in a strong position uh, at this point. It's about it's up to them to go and and, and you know seize their moment and and make sure that they kind of put their foot on their opponents' necks, if you like, and, and make make this league theirs. Uh, it's there for them to do. It's whether it's they're capable of it. Uh, it's just about you know maintaining that level of consistency from this point, not letting it drop. 
um, because they, 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 they have been guilty of letting it drop at various points, I think, and, and now is the time for them to go and show that it's, it's, they, they, are, they are the team that are the best one in this league. So fingers crossed for them. There you go, Dundee. Seize your moment and earn Sean Hamilton's faith at last. <laughs> 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 that's what it's all about. Exactly, that's, that's, the, that's the main priority. Right, guys, thank you very much. We'll be back with more of a football-focused uh, podcast next week. Now that we're, the window's done, dusting and all the rest of it. Well, hopefully. We don't know what's going to happen, I suppose. Eh? Could, be more be- <laughs> could be more bed sheets out. You never know. Okay, cheers, guys, and thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local Matters.